welcome back to this week's episode of Be Bolder. This week, I am joined by someone absolutely fabulous, Ash Ambinder, and um, I want to read you her background a little bit before I sort of turn the mic over to her and let her tell her story, for which I will never do justice. Um, so her background, she's a Long Island native where she played Division One softball at Hofstra University. She also went to the University of South Florida for grad school where she completed her MBA and MS in sport and entertainment management. While in graduate school, she worked for WME slash IMG as a corporate partnership specialist for USF Athletics, while also balancing roles at the box for their Play 60 program and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So she also spent some time with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission as an event manager for the NCAA Women's Final Four before making her way back up to New York for a sales role with the Legends at One World Trade Center, which really launched her passion for business development. As one of the lead revenue generators, because she's a hitter, and we'll get into a bit of that, <laughs> uh, she went on to take a role with the NFL on location, selling premium experiences and sponsorships for world-renowned events like the Super Bowl, Masters, NFL Draft, NCAA, NCAA Final Four, PGA Championships, etc., etc. After two and a half years there, she went to lead U.S. partnerships for Kairos, a startup digital media agency, and juggled some consulting work before being presented with the opportunity to lead new business strategy across the sports and entertainment vertical for a technology company, Tulu. She's been fortunate enough to work with some incredible people along the way, which we're going to ask her a little bit about. Um, and those she credits with being the backbone of her career development, which led her to her current role at Clear as the Director of Business Development for Sports. She currently resides in Long Beach, New York. She is a CrossFit culty like yours truly. So she likes to pick heavy things up for fun and put them back down fast. Uh, yep. She also played catch with Cal Ripken Jr. and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro for shits and gigs. I mean, why not, right? So, Ash, welcome to the episode today. So grateful to have you join us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm pumped for all of it to come. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. We're going we're gonna to have a great conversation and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, I, I've said this on other episodes, right? But I think athletes make just incredible um, entrepreneurs, business development specialists. And I think your background sort of uh, supports my theory, if you will. So I'm, uh, I'm interested to dig into that. And, you know, naturally, we're going to talk about CrossFit because why not? Um, and then, you know, all sorts of good stuff. But first and foremost, you know, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how did you get into softball? And, you know, does that remain a passion of yours today? Um, it's interesting. So I grew up in a very very, very competitive household. Um, we couldn't, you couldn't even play Monopoly without someone trying to cheat or figure out a way to win. Um, so that never went well in my household, but my dad, uh, played football growing up. He played college football and then like a little semi-pro and pro as well. But my mom, uh, was actually on the USA judo team. Uh, so she could basically kill me with my, with her bare hands, which is frightening, which is frightening in itself. Um, I'm five, four and she's just like this five, two little muscle hamster, um, oh that, <laughs> that just absolutely like run shit. Um, 
my brother, he younger than me, also like play lacrosse and football growing up. So like super active households. Um, and I always just like played sports growing up, obviously. Um, I played like field hockey and volleyball and softball. My dad tried to get me to play football because he's a psychopath. Uh, I tried judo. Um, it just wasn't for me, but like, I just grew a love for softball. Um, and that kind of just stuck with me. I think like after college, because I played it for just so, so, so many years, like five, six years old, I was just burnt out from it. And like Mm. for a really long time, I couldn't even like look at my glove. I didn't want to play. Really? Um, Yeah. I, it honestly, it wasn't until recently where like I picked my glove back up and I like just like started playing pickup or beer softball, whatever it may be. Um, but I like really needed a break. I would have played like anything else but softball if someone asked me to. But we're back. We're back on track again. I'm Good. readily available to be drafted for any beer softball league. <laughs> oh, all right. You heard it here first. So, so when, when, <laughs> when you decided that you were going to play in college, when did you sign with, with Hofstra? How, early, how young were you? I would say like, honestly, it was like the earliest I probably could. So what is it like the end of sophomore year of yeah. high school? Um, so yeah, pretty early. Uh, it was interesting though. Cause like I, I signed to play, but I was actually better at field hockey than I was mm-hmm. at softball, but I, I just loved softball more. Um, yeah. and I, I just went that route. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can sympathize. So I, I played field hockey and lacrosse, but I started field hockey later because I started it to be in shape for lacrosse season and exactly. I actually ended up liking field <laughs> hockey better, but I had started playing so late that it didn't make sense to try to go at that for college. Um, and so totally, totally get that there. So how was your softball career then in, in college? You know, I know you got burned out by the end, but what was it like while you were doing well, while you were in the thick of it and did you get any life tips out of playing a one <laughs> sport um, that you now apply yeah. to your normal everyday life? <laughs> Honestly, like, I think what we as a team, like, learn together on the field is invaluable and far more impactful than, quite frankly, anything I've learned in the classroom. Um, There's just so many, like, life lessons you get thrown into and, like, situations that you get thrown into that you just have to respond to, right? It's not like you're sitting there and taking a test and, like, you have five seconds to think about a question. It's like, no. It's you against the pitcher and you don't know what she's about to throw and you just have to react and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the game within the game of softball itself, like I can go on forever about, but I think it, I I had a really interesting situation in college where like I was never, re- I was always fighting for like a starting position. I was never a starter. I was always a person that just like busted my ass, grinded and like hustled to be out on the field, to take extra reps, to do whatever I had to do. Whereas like, there are other people that are just naturally really fucking good and you could do everything you want. And like, sometimes like they're just naturally good and like, don't have to try or like work or work harder, whatever that may be. And one thing that my coach valued was like, was that hard work? Was that grind? And like, I took that with me, honestly, even beyond the fields into the classroom, into like where I'm at, in my career now. And I actually think I talked to you both about this um, a little while ago on like how that's kind of molded the way I think and like kind of how I just, I guess, attack life. And just like, I, 
I never really had an off button, right? Like I always had to be on. I always had to be ready for a moment. I always had to be ready to be put into a game or to be put into a position or a situation that might've been uncomfortable. And like that was ingrained in me for four years and really just stuck with me up until now. And like, I feel like that's one of the largest reasons why I love sales and biz dev so much. It's like, it's always uncomfortable. It's always changing. You always have to be like ready and like ready to make a move or ready to have a response or have an answer or have something to be prepared for that moment. Um, so I, I think that's like the biggest takeaway for me, right? It's just like always being prepared for the unexpected and being comfortable with being uncomfortable for the seven innings that you're playing. You're always yeah. on your toes. No, that's awesome. And it, you're right. It does. I mean, those things that we learn on the field, they really do translate over into real life very significantly. Like I wish, you know, every person, I mean, I get not every person is talented enough maybe to play sports, but even when we're younger, like I think there's so many valuable lessons that you learn, you know, even if you don't get a chance to play D1 ball or whatever. Yeah. There's something just about like the competitive nature of it. Exactly. And And then, you know, you learn, you learn the value of hard work. You learn sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you shouldn't lose, but you did. And you got to figure that out, you know, and I just think there's so many amazing lessons that we get out of all of that. So, um, you know, talk to us a little bit now about, you know, how you went from these various roles, which seemed like very, very impressive, right? Um, And now you're at clear. So walk us through Mm -hmm. that. Tell us, you know, how you how you got there, what you liked and what you didn't like and what you learned. Uh, If you would have asked me where I would have been like six or seven years ago, my guess would not have been this. That's for sure. Like Mm -hmm. I, when I was in, uh, when I was at Hofstra, I was super gung-ho that I was going to be like the next AD at Arizona State or UCLA or like some big school and no one is stopping me. Like that is my path. That is what I want to do. And that's what we're going with. So my mentors, like just organically became my AD at the time. And we basically like sat down one day and I was like, okay, like what is the path that I have to take to get here? What do I have to do? So like first step was grad school and just like meeting people and also talking to people and other ADs as well. And then when I got to USF and really had like my first, the the, like taste of like a first like big school, right? Like it's probably, I think it's like ranked number five of like the biggest public schools in the US. I realized I wanted nothing to do with college athletics. I was like, I was like, I, I want, I was like, this is not where I want to be. Like I, this is not what I thought it would be. Um, And I thought with like being a college athlete, like I could relate, I could like, I understand the NCAA and like all that good stuff. But like, there were just so many stop signs and it got very like local when you get to that level as well, where it kind of cut off like my creative freedom a little bit. I'm like, I feel so trapped. I can't express like the things that I want to do or like things that I want to create and like there's a lot of red tape so I was like okay this isn't for me so what is for me so I I, I was just a yes person like I I said yes to everything sure community oh, relations great marketing yeah. yes management sure sales sign me up like I just flooded my days with like experiences and things to do mm-hmm. and things to try because like I can write a list of all of the things that I love but like what stands out more is like the things that I don't like to do. Like I know for certain that I don't like this or I know for certain I don't like that. Or okay, great. I tried this, not for me. And like in being that yes person and trying as many things as possible, it helped me narrow down my focus a little bit of like what I'm truly passionate about. And then 
also open different doors to like different avenues in sport that I can go down as well. Like some people are, I guess, outsiders look at like the sports industry as like you're hanging out with Tom Brady every day or you're hanging out with the athletes or like you're hanging out with players and like, that's not the case at all. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's not that much different from what we do. People are like, everything you do must be so sexy. I'm like, 5% of what I do is sexy. <laughs> I mean, if me sitting in a yoga ball behind a desk is sexy, like, sure, have at it. But, um, totally. And, uh, but uh, it's it's just a completely different ball game. And then when, like, my eyes just open up to, like, all these different avenues and, like, even more so, like, it, it opened up my eyes to, like, well, I wonder if this exists, like, is this a role that exists? And like, because I was just, I was fortunate enough to work with really great people. Like there are sometimes where roles don't exist, but like, if you bring up an idea or you bring up an opportunity to like drive value to the business, like people will make a role for you. It doesn't have to have a title right, right. now, but you'll figure it out because you're adding value because you're driving revenue, because you're bringing all these things to the table. Like people will make room for people that add value period. End of story. If you bring value to the table, we don't give a shit what the title is. Like, yeah. we'll figure that out later. Just do what you do best and, like, we'll thrive together. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think it's it's a lot like entrepreneurship, right? You're flying the, the plane while you're you're building it. And sometimes you're building your team and you go, I know this person's got some skills. You know, they've got grit. They've got resilience. They've got, you know, that magic it factor, whatever it's going to be. And hmm. you're like, I'm going to figure out how to get them a role. So, Totally, totally get that. So sounds to me like you said yes to a lot of experiences, which is you know, one of those things I think I always advocate that people do, especially when you're trying to figure out, quote unquote, what we want to be when we grow up. And for clarity, I'm still yep. trying to figure that out, right? But like, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, we, we, we're, we're always saying yes to things. You know, do you ever find yourself saying yes to too many things? And then if, if that is the case, how do you deal with it? <laughs> My answer to that question. My answer to the question. Yes. <laughs> so great. How do you how um, do you deal with that now? Yeah, like at the time, and I mean, like I still am now. But like even when I was younger, like I was single, I was in Florida, like I had no obligations, and I I could say yes to all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So it was easy. Like I didn't have many ties. Still the same thing now, but like now I'm like finding. I'm finding ways to add more meaning to where my time is spent, which I think yeah. is something I've really only figured out in quarantine, quite frankly. It's like, where can I spend my time that's meaningful? Like after uh, my role with that digital media agency, um, I was consulting for a little bit. And quite frankly, like it gave me time to like take my foot off the gas and like really figure out what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. And like, what are other pieces of my life that I, I value and like I could continue to add value to and like how can I just be a better human in the world and also like provide opportunities for other people as well so in that like that's exactly quite frankly how I met Ellie it's like we were a part of this group through Barstool and Erica and like we found ways to make time meaningful by connecting people that we're looking for different opportunities or looking for an outlet or a means of just connecting with people in general. And sure. I think another thing I learned from all this too, it's like, sure, the floodgates are open with everything we have going on um, at Clear with sports and live events reopening and things like that. And 
it's almost like it's like building out this like mental matrix of like what fire do I need to put out like right now Mm -hmm. and what can like have a slow burn and like I can organize over the next like three or four days um that's been huge for me at like you're getting hit at every angle all the time right especially not going into an office it's like there's no clock to to work sometimes yeah so I think creating that like mental matrix of like where my time needs to be right now versus where it needs to be in an hour or a day from now has been super helpful. Um, and I, I took this line from someone else. It was just like, be where your feet are. And I, I need to do a better job of doing that sometimes. Like, I feel like we all find ourselves like on these zoom calls, but we're also answering emails and there's a text that comes through. Oh, someone tagged me in LinkedIn. Like people are trying to hit you at so many different angles. And like, what I've started doing, honestly, the past two weeks is like shutting off notifications. Like mm-hmm. when I'm on a Zoom call, like my focus is here. I'm with you. I got you. Like this is my 30 minutes. You have my full attention. Yeah. And it's so amazing. I mean, it, it, it sounds a little bit like sometimes, you know, you like with quarantine, you got the opportunity to slow down to ultimately speed back up and figure out how do you reorient these things. But then it's also, hey, how do I prioritize the things that are right in front of me? You know, for me, it's, I, I have to do something similar, right? But, you know, I, I, I call it just being present. Like, okay, if I'm going to be on this Zoom call, whether I want to be on it or not, they are getting the next 25 minutes of my life, you know? No. <laughs> and and it turns out when I do that, um, I'm actually getting more done, you know, because you're more engaged, you're paying attention to what's happening. You're not distracted by all of the, like you said, like the notifications or whatever else. And so... Yeah, just uh, it, it's just it's interesting when when you start to think about it that way. So I'm kind of curious about something I want to kind of come back to that you <laughs> talked about. So uh, a little bit about physical health and stuff now. So yeah. you, know, you 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 played a sport, you played at a very high level, you know, yeah. and then you got burned out by it and burned out so much by it that you said you know you couldn't even really pick up your glove, and so. Talk to me a little bit about that and like what you had to kind of do and tell yourself so that you could get quote unquote back on the horse. Right. (laughs) And and think about doing it again. And and really like, so that was like really just for softball. I think like, like the competitive gene has just always been in me. Right. So like, even when I graduated, Mm -hmm. I graduated, it was like June, 2014. And then end of July, I moved down to Tampa And I'm sure we're going to get into this conversation in a second, but I was like, I missed like the competitive edge of like training with my team at six o'clock in the morning. Uh I missed like competing with one another with running sprints or lifting or whatever it was. Um, And going to a regular gym, I was like, this shit sucks. Like, like, everyone is just like a treadmill hamster right now. This is like, I, I just didn't have like the drive to like do it on my own and then I walked into a CrossFit and like I was like a kid in a candy shop and my eyes lit up I'm like this is this is home for me like this is great and I was just I was competing every day and like the physicality of it and like putting your body through something that like you think you never would have thought it could have done and like taking that like two minutes or like that countable 30 seconds of like reflecting of like what the fuck just happened as you get older it's much longer than that sometimes like it's, 10 minutes of rolling around on the floor with oh yeah list. I'm rolling around on the floor I'm just no. got, like <laughs> I'm just like being super dramatic about it but 
just like that moment. I'm just like, oh my god, like I couldn't believe, like I can't believe I just did that. But then, like I, I'm someone that likes to work out in the morning, so like I get that done in the morning. I'm like, I'm ready to go all day long. Maybe yep. by like three o'clock, I'm hitting a wall. But like, <laughs> yeah, it. it's just it's such an empowering feeling to just like put your body through something like that, um, or honestly, just break a sweat. Like it does such good for your body. And like to get back into that like competitive spirit for me was was what I was missing and what I needed. And then um, like I started picking up other sports like volleyball or like I'll play flag football. And then it literally just took one day of like honestly my dad asking he's like, "Oh, you want to go play catch for a little bit?" And I was like, "Okay." Uh, and I was like, "Wow, this is really nice." Uh, and then it just like kind of sat with me again. And I'm like, okay, I'm, we're good. We could, we could pick this back up. And yeah, then, like, I mean, it takes it. Like, that's where it started for me. Like my dad threw a glove in my hand when I was, I don't know, when I could, a glove could fit on my hand. I'm like, he told me how to play catch. And like, right. it's just like a nice, like refreshing feeling. I totally get that. So I had, I had a very similar experience after I finished. So I played D1 lacrosse and yeah. After I finished, so I played five years and okay. redshirted my first year because I got very, very hurt. But after that, okay. you know, played played those years. I was so burned out by the end that, you know, they would invite me back for, you know, the annual, like, alumni game and whatever. I couldn't even go. I couldn't I even, see. like, bring myself to return the email. I was just like, I can't think about this. Like, I need time away from it. And it took probably five or six years before – Someone was like, hey, like, we have an old lady league in Columbus, Ohio. Do you want to, you know, <laughs> play? And I was like, sure, I guess. And, like, you know, and it was, it, I mean, it was super, it was great to get back on the field and play again. But it was also nice to, like, know that none of it mattered, you know. And it was just, like, nice to get back to the purity of the sport. So yeah, I think that's you're, really just like you're playing. Like, yeah, there's, there's, like, this one line that that stuck with me from my coach. It was like, do you guys have a catch or do you play catch? And like that line stuck with me. Like when I picked my glove back up with my dad, it's like, you go play catch. Like you're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. And it's not that I didn't enjoy like the college experience I'd had. It's thinking that like every day I was up at 5 a.m. to go lift and then go to class and then go to PT at one for practice at two and then practice from two to 5.30 and then – and then some, but some points go to your homework or whatever. And then, yeah, right? and then do it all over again the next day. Yep. Um, and it's just a lot. It consumed my entire life for those four years. And then even before that too, like, I'm sure you played like travel lacrosse or travel field hockey. Like yep. my parent, my mom or my dad was traveling with me to Pennsylvania or Jersey or Maryland or whatever every weekend. And then my mom or dad was also traveling with my brother every weekend. So like we were always on the go. Yep. Um so it was nice to just finally like have time for me and like enjoy the sport that I loved on my terms. Oh, I love it. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we need to do with everything. So like even coming back yeah. to, you know, CrossFit now, you know, you get to play fitness. That's what I call it. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like half the time just fucking around, like picking heavy things up and putting them back down for fun time. <laughs> right. But like, that's you know, it's. Stuff. It is, right? Don't tell me me to run. I won't run, but well, maybe I'll run. I'll still run because um, that's the thing that keeps my pants the same size. Like, yeah, I should take that back. Don't tell me to row. Don't tell me to row. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got to do this at least once a week so I don't have to buy new yeah. jeans. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the things I thought you said was really interesting is it sort of, you work out in the morning. I do that too, which then like sort of sets your tone for the whole day. But, you know, talk to me about the physical wellness ap- aspect of your life and how that impacts you mentally and how has that helped you throughout your life? It is a massive, massive, massive part of my day. Like I'm just a creature of habit and routine. And like if I, even on like my off days, like on an off day for me, I'm like, I still feel like I have to move. Like I want to go out and do something. Like I think movement is so important no matter what it is. Swim, walk, bike, like do something. But like in that something that you do, don't make it feel like a chore. Like if this is the hour and a half or 90 minutes or one hour that you get a day to move, make it impactful. For me, I like moving heavy weights really fast (laughs) for my (laughs) Like I love that. I love seeing like what my body can and can't do. And if my body's telling me I can't do it, I like that like internal battle of me trying to figure out a way to find like to get there or like what I could do to train to work to get there and like the physical component of like the competitiveness for me is it 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 balances my day because all day long like if we take it to like what my role is like in biz dev it's the same thing but like I'm playing mental gymnastics instead of physical gymnastics (laughs) so to it's it's that movement piece. And then like, it's also like my getaway, my escape. Like I have an incredible, incredible, incredible relationship with my boss who I can't even like, he shouldn't even, his title should not even be my boss. I don't even know what to call it, but (laughs) he knows that like my calendar is blocked off for 90 minutes. And like, you will not be able to reach me unless like someone is dying. Like unless someone is like out, like or something really bad is happening, you'll not be able to reach me. And like, he respects that because he knows that I am that yes person. And throughout the, the other 20 hours of a day, like I'll answer calls, I'll answer emails, I'll answer Slack, whatever it may be. But like for that 90, 90 minutes, like that's my time. Like that's my recharge time. So it's super important to me. And I think like finding any kind of movement or an activity or whatever it is that you love to do, like figure it out. I'm like, make time for yourself to do it. Cause like, if you're not at a hundred percent, you can't give anyone else that hundred percent. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but that was only half full. You're definitely not even approaching half full for someone else. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, it took me so long to realize that because I always, you know, gave and gave and gave and gave. And I was always yeah. happy to do that. And I still am, right? But I think now I've become much more cognizant and aware of it um, as I get older. <laughs> and I start to say, wait a minute, like, hey, I'm really burned out. I'm, I'm really tired today. Like I don't feel like myself. Yeah. I don't feel right. You know, I can't, I can't give it to someone if I don't have anything to give, yeah. you know? And I think the sooner people can start to recognize with that within themselves and find those recharge periods and, you know, just put themselves, it sounds, people like get upset about this when I say it, but I'm like, you have to put yourself first so that you can actually oh, be yeah. the best for other people moving forward. Absolutely. And I think like, it's unfortunate because like I'll talk to some friends that are just either stuck in like corporate jobs or a certain situation where like they don't feel like they have the freedom to like take time for themselves. I'm like, that's just not, it's not healthy. It's really not healthy. And like, I'll say it again. I've just been, I've been really fortunate to have just like great people around me that value like personal time or family time or you time, whatever that time may be. 
And like, I feel bad for like my friends that come to me that say like, oh, I'm so unhappy in this situation. Like, I feel like I don't have time for myself. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, do something about it. If you're unhappy or something's not like fulfilling you, what will fulfill you? And what are you going to do to get there? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think, but uh, then there's some people, right? They, <laughs> they like change. They, they don't like change. And that's, and change is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like change. Okay. Yeah. But they're also more comfortable in the crap situation that they might find themselves oh, yeah. in because they know it, they understand it, they know what to expect, what they're going to get, whatever, than, you know, having to feel that little bit of pain and that little bit of burn and put themselves in a, a situation that, you know, maybe is uncomfortable for a little bit, but then all of a sudden things do get better because you pull yourself out of a crappy relationship or a bad work environment, or I don't care what it is, right? But, whatever it is, yeah. yeah. But I think... I don't know. I, I do think I come back to this whole athlete concept, right? Like just because you're not an athlete doesn't mean you can't achieve these things. But like, it's, you know, I think a lot of times you learn what you were talking about at the onset of this of this podcast, which is you learn adaptability. You learn how yeah. to say, OK, these things are happening in front of me. I don't like them. I need to change and deviate and move and go. And so and you're like, hey, there's going to be a little bit of pain. That's going to suck for a brief moment in time. But all right, cool. And the other side is probably something better. And if it's not. I'll adapt again. (laughs) Um, So I think that's super interesting. So what are you most excited about now uh, moving (laughs) forward as the world starts to open up? And, you know, I see you, I see you on the gram and on LinkedIn (laughs) and all sorts of events. Like she leads the coolest life, everyone. Like she's doing all these events. Like I'm like, my life is not this cool, but her face. So I'll let her tell you about it. (laughs) I'm just trying to get the world back to normal. Um, Honestly, what I was most excited about up until like two weeks ago was just seeing like, not because it's my job, but just because like I'm just an avid sports fanatic as well, is like the feeling of a full arena or a full stadium, yeah. a sold out concert, whatever it is. Like when I walked into UFC two weekends ago and I just heard like everyone yelling and screaming and lights and like everyone was just having such a good time. It was just electric. Like, I didn't know if I should cry, hug someone, not hug someone, laugh. Don't breathe like, mouth, <laughs> There were just, like, so many emotions, and I'm just – it was just, like, literally magical to be in. And, like, I can't wait until so many other cities, like, get to feel that or other people get to feel that again. Um, and, like, with Broadway opening back up come, like, September, apparently. Yeah. Like, the city is coming back. <laughs> like so I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to just like get outside, frolic, like <laughs> hug someone. I, I like. I'm just gonna be a big hugger from now on. Like I was never a hugger. I'm a hugger now. <laughs> What's amazing? We don't realize. Like I, I mean, I like interaction, but I also like my alone time. You know, and I well, did not realize how much I needed social interaction with others or you know, it's nice to like hug my husband. He's a wonderful man. Like, that's great. But like, nice get away to, from like, me. yeah, like I want to hug from someone else sometimes too. Not in like a weird way, but like, <laughs> but just like, you know, we're connecting and, a, and a, like, a, yeah. you know, like, we're just happy to like be here together sort of level way. And I'm really looking forward to that too. And, and so, and I feel that, and I feel like you're, you are instrumental in helping that become, you know, a reality. And so it's very, very cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So 
you know, one of the questions I like to ask as we start to round these out is, you know, do you have any advice for anyone, you know, who's looking to get into business development or, you know, looking to take a, like they start in one career path and maybe find out, oh shoot, I don't like this. You know, what advice do you have for them? I can go down so many rabbit holes here, but I'll pick, <laughs> I'll pick, uh, I'll pick, I'll pick two. Um, okay. So I think like one thing with sales, like especially in sports or entertainment or whatever it is, like sales is the fastest way to like make a name for yourself in sports or really in any role, right? Like you are literally tied to a number or tied to a revenue number or something that you were generating and like on paper adding value to the organization. So like that's one. If like people are looking into sports or things like that, I when I was in grad school, like I was probably one of there was a there was a few women in my class, um, majority male, but I was the only one that really went into a, I was the only woman that went to a sales role, um, and I think like a couple other guys went into sales too. But like there was marketing, people went to IT and analytics. Nothing wrong with either of those things. No. Um, but people were just afraid of sales. Like they were scared shitless of picking up the phone and hearing a no and like getting through, like getting comfortable with that um, for me was super easy because I literally just brought it back to softball. I'm like, I'm failing more times than I'm winning, like in a game, right? Like if I, if I go one for three, like I'm in the hall of fame. So if I'm taking, that is true. That is true. Like quite literally, like I'm failing more times than I'm succeeding. So like, I'm already kind of used to that and I'm comfortable with that. But I, I can understand how that could be like a hard pill to swallow for some other people. So that's kind of one bucket. Like sales is the fastest way to make a name for yourself and driving revenue and adding value to an organization. I think the second piece of it, um, and like this whole idea of like being a yes person, like being a yes person until you find the things that make you tick, right? Sure. There's going to be things that you absolutely love. There's going to be things that you're like, oh, I'll deal with that. There's going to be things that you hate. But like, what are the things that you're passionate about that you start to try? And like, how can you turn like your passion projects into an actual career? And when I took like, when I had that little bit of break when I was consulting, like it gave me time to take a step back to figure out like, what the hell do I want? Like, I know I love sports. And I want to be back in like that realm. I know I love like all the like things where tech can go because there's really no ceiling with that. And like, I also am just, I, I'm maniacal about like the, the experience that a fan has. Like I go, I walk into a, a game or a stadium or an arena and my brain just like works a little bit differently because I'm like, oh, well, what if they set it up this way? Or what if that activation looked like that? Or what if they connected this guest to this experience and things? So like, I'm always thinking about like things that can change the guest experience for the best, I guess. Um, and that was what I was passionate about. So like saying yes to a point where you find those things that you're passionate about, becoming maniacally focused on those things that you become passionate about. But then also being able to like manage that time that we talked about with like that mental matrix of understanding what needs to be done now and what could be done a couple days from now. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love it. So that that was awesome. And so obviously <laughs> thank you for thank you so much for spending I love this. Here. Yeah, spending some time here with us and sharing your story and 
um, helping Tora to, sorry, that's my dog losing it, <laughs> helping to inspire us to, uh, you know, think about, you know, how can we say yes to a lot of things to figure out what it is that we want and then focus on those things and all of that good stuff. So I appreciate your time here today. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. This was amazing. Yeah, so good. And uh, for everyone out there, thanks as always for listening. And don't just be bold, be bolder. Thanks again for listening today. Don't forget to join us on Patreon to support Boulder Inc., a nonprofit providing mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and financial health resources to entrepreneurs, founders, and teams to help them function at their best to produce their very best. And of course, through Patreon, you get extra access to bonus episodes, merch, who doesn't love that, and more. If you're not already, subscribe and leave us a rating to keep growing the Be Boulder audience. You can find me on Instagram at BeBolderCast and at Legally underscore Lins. And of course, check us out at TheBolderLife.com. <laughs>